Do, 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 do. Here we go. My name is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is episode number 340, I think. No, stop it. It is. It is. And um, can you hear yourself on the headphones? Yes. I can't. I'm turning mine up. Well, oh, there we go. Yeah. Well, Better? Uh, yeah. Golden? It did, actually didn't affect stay, mine. Stay gold, pony. Yeah. Stay gold. How about how well I did at that little game, speaking of? What game? On Friday night, we were playing a game, and you guys, you three men that I was with, said, can you say everybody, oh, yeah. all the actors who were in The Outsiders? And I got everybody except, it took me a while to get Leif Garrett, yep. and I had I forgot Matt Dillon. Yep. Of all people, I yeah. forgot Matt Dillon. He was probably the most famous one coming into that movie. It's like I couldn't see him in my head. I couldn't bring him up. Dallas Winston. I know. Um, what is Zen Parenting Radio? It's a podcast where you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, I'm going to have a message to the husbands out there who um, I'll give you a tip as far as how to support your wife. Tips. Lots of tips. A lot of tips. No tips. <laughs> and then we're going to talk about uh, Gray. G-R-A-Y, not G-R-E-Y. They're the same. You can use them interchangeably. See, why do they do that? It's just confusing. Well, that there's just, just these... pick a lane. I know. I tend to write G-R-A-Y. Whenever but, I think of the Crayola crayon, it was G-R-A-Y, right. I think. And I think that some people may say, no, when you're talking about the color, you use it. Uh, I don't know. But I have looked it up a million times. I've... You know, I use it a lot when I blog or when I'm writing books, and I have looked it up a million times, and it always says interchangeable. Um, before we get into the guts, we have a November special this month. A huge one. A huge this one. This special keeps getting better and better, thanks to you guys, because you're emailing us with your ideas mm -hmm. or your hopes, and so it's making this November special even better. And this November special is all about authors and bloggers. So our fellow writers out there, we're thinking about you. Because we got a lot of feedback last year and this year um, talking about wanting to be at the conference or wanting to um, meet other authors and bloggers and wanting to meet the audience that can learn from your writing. And so we thought, why don't we do everything we can to get people, to get authors and bloggers there so they can meet each other and meet people who need their support. Right. So this is what we're doing. Two options. You ready? I'm ready. First option. You can get a discounted ticket, get a uh, ribbon on your conference badge that says author or blogger, whichever one you are, and number three, um, get a either a business card or a flyer in our conference gift bag, or the second option. Option two. You can actually have a table at our conference. So if you have a book or a blog or materials and you want to have a table at the conference, you can actually get a table. Now, this is limited. We don't have a ton of tables right. left. But you can get a table. Then you can also get uh, two tickets with that table. Then you also get your author blogger ribbon on your badge and then something that you can put in the gift bag. Now, here's the thing. Um, this is not vendorship sponsorship. It's, it's a different 
thing category altogether. that we created specific for vendor or for authors and bloggers. Right. So vendorship sponsorship is a different thing. And if you want to do that, where you get on our website and you're um, you get you know sponsorship um, privileges and yeah. you know get a vendor it's a little table, bit more of an investment. That's more of an investment. You also get more out of it too. Exactly. So. so that's the thing. This is just for author bloggers. They want a table. You you know they want to be there. They want to meet their people. This is an opportunity. But again, it's limited. Limited by two things. Number one, we only have a certain number. And we also are only doing this until November 30th. That's right. So if you want to get at this conference and you are an author or blogger, contact us at comments at zenparentingradio.com. Do it now. Do it within this month because once November 30th comes along, it's going to be – you're going to have the same price as everybody else and the tabletop thing won't be available. So if you're kind of new, the conference is on February 24th and 25th of 2017. It's two days of self-awareness, empowerment, parenting. Feeling outstanding feeling outstanding our keynotes are rob bell rosalind wiseman and ali smith along with you and i giving the keynotes on friday night Correct. so it's going to be fun um so more information on the conference you can go to zengetsreal.com and one of our sponsors uh Anne marie yes. who does a, a website called bringithome.me well, more than a website she has a whole business and i'm going to get into that oh, okay. my darling oh, okay um but i got this off of her website her um her mission is to gather inspire and equip parents educators and students to increase well-being in our school communities and homes through the introduction of mindfulness skills and conscious leadership tools. So if you go to our website, um, she's got different sections on there, and there's one specific for parents, and she has parenting courses, family coaching, and one-on-one coaching. So that's one of the benefits of being sponsors of uh, the conference. We give a shout-out on one of our podcasts for one of our uh, premier sponsors. So Anne-Marie uh, from bringithome.me. That's the website. So you got to check her out. She is a fellow Chicagoan and she does wonderful work and um, has helped a lot of people in the Chicagoland area with mindfulness and meditation and parenting. So we recommend her highly. Very much so. So um, we want to talk about some grayness. Why are we playing this song, sweetie? Because I love it. Why else? Because it's called Gray Street. G-R-E-Y. Dave Matthews Band. They chose the E version. Yeah, I would have. Skipped over the best part. I know, but it was a long intro. But I love that beginning verse. Do you like this beginning of the verse? Let me hear. No, I do not. This I could take a pass. You pass on grass? I pass on grass, Jack. Um, I like this. And this is EY also, G-R-E-Y. Well, see, maybe EY is the way to go. You were saying A-Y. I know. I don't know why you don't like this song. You know, I just don't. I don't, I don't have a big, like, deep reason. Shocking. I never became a deadhead. I'm not a deadhead either, but I like this song. I also like Franklin's Tower. It's one of my favorite uh, dead songs. Do you have any favorite dead yes. songs? You know my favorite dead <gasps> Don't song. Don't tell me. Um, it's 
not a common one. Uh, street, something street. Shakedown Street. Shakedown Street. Yeah, that's my favorite uh, Grateful Dead song. So anyway, so why are we talking about the word great? Because I realized I was, you know, we were we socialized a lot this weekend, more than we usually do. So I got into a lot of conversations with people, and it was a pretty, uh, you know, heavy weekend because we're obviously, the day that this podcast comes out is the day of the election. Yeah. So obviously we don't know what the result of that is, but there's, I think that we are like at the height of our conversations about our country and the election and about how our viewpoints in the world. And um, I think everybody knows where Todd and I stand on this. Obviously, we stand with decency and civility. um, And that's our hope for, you know, November 8th, but also beyond. Um, And I think it's possible. We were watching Meet the Press this morning. And geez, could they be more depressing? I know. Chuck Ted kept on saying, oh, this. And then he kept bringing more depressing news up. And, And it was like they were getting more deflated every time they had a conversation. I was like, people, we're the ones who make society. This is not something that's happening outside of us. It is us. It is we. And somebody has to say... Not like, you know, wave a magic wand, you know, we're not in at Hogwarts, but it's like, how can we, we have some hope Mm -hmm. that we can actually start to come together. And that's what this idea of gray is, because I think where we are right now, as you guys would, I think, agree, is in polarization. We're completely black and white, and you're either good or you're bad, or you're either on this side or you're on that side. And that's not how people really are, and that's not how the world really works. And what we keep doing is pushing each other away, and nobody is listening, okay? Or not enough people. There are right. plenty of people who are listening. See, there's the hope. We got we to gotta be careful with our language. Nobody, always, never. You know, there are people who want to listen, well, and, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Honey. Well, whoever wins, I think I hope whoever wins does a authentically solemn uh, has an effort. You to, just said authentically solemn. Yeah, that's right. Authentically solemn. <laughs> what does that mean? Authentic me authentically means to do it authentically, <laughs> and solemn means that you're very solemn. solemn. Okay. Got it. You got okay. it now. I do. Okay, now I understand. Keep going. Um, <laughs> Todd's tired. <laughs> tired. It's Sunday night. Okay, go ahead. Um, I want them to reach the people that hate them. Yes. You know? That, that, let's use a different word because that word is so bad. The people that don't understand them. Yes. And I... Because I, it's kind of, I, I thought of Abraham Lincoln. As soon as the North won, he started reconstructing the South in a huge way. That's right. And in a way, this is kind of like... Let's reconstruct. Yeah, we, we have been at war for this campaign for years. And it's not just the presidency. It's That's the big one. Yeah. And, you know, obviously I think that there's one person who could probably reconstruct a little better than the other. I think most would agree. Um, but I also believe that there's all these other elections going on, you know, the governors and senators. And, you know, we everybody has to listen. This is not just, yes, top down is very helpful, mm-hmm. um, but we all have to do it. Everybody plays a role. You know, last night I was in a conversation with a friend who believes differently than I do. And he always has. And he knows where I stand and I know where he stands and we love each other anyway. And he and wait a second. You love somebody who disagrees with you? I do. Oh, my. Oh my gosh. And we call the newspaper. We agree to disagree and also listen. Okay. And we have humor about it too. Like we we like to laugh because again, this is somebody I've known so long that it's not like I met them a month ago and then found out their political affiliation and then said, now I can't be friends with you. Like, right. you know, when you have history, it's helpful. But this is the thing that I wanted to talk about with the gray. Um, I think we need to understand, like kind of break down 
these things that we're so angry about. And like, for example, because this campaign had a lot to do with a woman becoming president and, uh, you know, just womanhood, 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 right? I want to talk about feminism for a second. Okay. And it is to understand – we've had shows about feminism. You guys know if you listen to this show and you probably know from your own homework and research that feminism just means equality. It doesn't mean – I was actually reading Twitter today, which I tend to do when I'm bored and I shouldn't um, because, you know, it's all these people who are saying, you know, these um, crazy feminists want to overpower. They're talking superiority. They're talking – and – it's like we have to like remember what these words mean. So when someone's talking about being a feminist um, or they claim to be a feminist, it means equal rights for both men and women. That's what it means. It means equal rights. It means that we are both deserving of um, human rights. Mm-hmm. It's it's so simple to me. And if we can – and then there's people who say, no, no, that's not what it means – well, what do you think it means? And let's have a conversation about it. Right. Let's because really, when people see it, say things like she's trying to be superior, or they're trying to be superior, or they're trying to take over, that just that just reeks of fear. Yeah. What are you afraid of? That's good. And I'm not when I'm saying this question, I'm not saying it in a like a humorous way. Like, what are you so afraid of? I'm saying really, yeah, let's talk me. about what do you think. What do you think is going to happen? Because there's this fear of if we actually embrace this idea of equal rights, if we embrace this idea of human rights, everything's going to fall apart. Mm. Where did you get that idea? Yeah. Why? And and maybe it's because of that idea that we talked about on the show so many times is that people who haven't been oppressed ever, when they're starting to have to watch what they say and to no longer be disparaging of women or no longer or being called out on things they're saying that can be cruel, then they're like, you're oppressing me. Mm. But really that's not oppression. That's that's education. Right. That's like, do you know that this hurts? Do you know that this can be a challenge? Do you know that that's actually sexual assault? Right. You know, it's we're it's about re-educating and not just one, not just women re-educating, but us learning more about men. Yeah. And what the what's going on with you guys. Mm-hmm. And this is the gray is we don't have to polarize. We don't have to say I'm right, they're wrong, they're right, I'm wrong. You know, we actually can listen to each other. And this sounds so like novel, but what else do we think? How else do we think we're going to do this? If we're not listening to each other, we're not going to get anywhere. We're not, And all we're doing is screaming as loud as we can. And trying to overpower right. each other. Right. We're trying to overpower each other instead of saying, okay, here's how I feel. It doesn't mean that you, you – it doesn't mean you stop believing what you're believing. It means that you say what you believe and then you say, now tell me how you see it. You know what that's called? What? It's called, Ted is so tired. I can't, he's going in and out. I was about to interrupt you, but I'm trying not to. Okay. It's called empathy. It's called curiosity. Like I'm curious. I'm honestly, when I talk with people who think differently or look at things a different way, I'm really curious, Mm -hmm. not curious. Like I know I'm going to win this conversation, but like, where did you learn this? And maybe this is my therapist hat that I wear all the time where I'm like, I'm so interested in where this comes from because if you really get down to the root of it, a lot of the root of it was never true to begin with or was based in fear or was created to be defensive or anytime you're lashing out at people, there's something underneath that that is you don't need. 
Well, and one thing, and maybe I said this on the show last week, but whenever you, I, I usually try to avoid political discussions uh-huh. with people just because it's so, it's just a lightning rod. It is. And it's it's very fueled. Way. And, yes. um, but Rob Bell talked, had this on his podcast, one of our keynotes for next year's conference. And he said, before doing that, instead of talking about the politicians, you talk about their policies. And it yes. just kind of takes the edge off of the intensity of the conversation. So I try, I did that with somebody on Friday night myself. Mm-hmm. And I said, let's talk about policy instead of him versus her. Right. And, 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 to, and instead of a character study or, yeah. or a character assassination, yeah. what are the policies? Because here's the thing, you guys, this is what's so great about it. When you're curious and when you listen to people and when you talk about, let's talk about what Todd just said about policy, it, I don't always disagree. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand fiscal conservatism. Mm-hmm. I understand. I get it because I have seen how sometimes that can be more effective in certain ways, you know, in certain how we're spending money and why we're spending money a certain way. And so somebody, you know, my my grandfather was a, a conservative. Like I understand why he made the choices he did. Right. Um, and I can hear that. And maybe we can, this is what politics used to be. People used to come together and say, oh, I understand that. Okay, well, we can do that, but we still have to make sure we keep this in there and make sure the children get fed. And, yeah. you know, it, there is a way to do this. But what we've already decided to do as as citizens, or many people have, again, not everybody, and as a government is obstruct, obstruct, obst- obstruct, and win. Yeah. Even though we're not winning anything. Um, and it starts with us. Like, we can say it starts with them, and I would like them to start because they're our leaders. Right. But if they're not going to do it- top down and bottom up. That's right. Beautiful. We yeah. we all have to do it. And that whole policy thing is really helpful, too, because then we're not going in there with it as our identity. We're going in with an open mind saying, tell me about the policies, because most people want good things for their family and for the place they live. Right. Some people are too hung up on the money that they're going to make. And they're, you know, some people get too hung up on pieces that don't mean as much to me. Mm-hmm. But most people are concerned about the people they love. Yep. So when we realize that, then we can be curious. Then we can say, okay, well, how do you think this is going to work? Or what information have you been given? And maybe we can actually learn from each other. Yeah. That it, it's possible. And so, like, I feel like this whole discussion is kind of a, um, is coming off of something, some discussions I have this weekend, but also watching Meet the Press this morning. Our journalists have to be a little hopeful too. And I know they're worn down. They've had a hell of a year. Yeah, they're sick of it. But we've, somebody's got to offer hope. And not just hope like the, you know, the empty calorie hope that means nothing, but like, I'll practice this. I'll do this. I'll do this in my home. I'll do this with my kids. I'll do this with my friends. I'll do this with my parents who may have a different, you know, philosophical view or a different political view. I am going to practice listening and being curious. And then maybe the other person is really black and white and it doesn't go very well or it doesn't go anywhere. Well, at least you gave it a shot. Yeah. Right. Well, and we tend to view things as black and white. Maybe it's because our brain is kind of hardwired for black and white. I don't know. Or our ego. I think it's our ego. But most of the time, uh, the answer is somewhere in between. Always. And, but, you know, God forbid that you, 
uh, align yourself if you think you're in this party, but there are certain ideas from the other party that you subscribe to, you would never admit that because it's on the other side. And that's the problem. That's what I mean is I know who I align with. I've always aligned with a certain party and that's just part of who I am and what I do for a living and what I believe. But I am open to if someone's like, I've got a better way to balance this budget Mm -hmm. that will make sure that these things happen and these things happen and these things happen, but we're not bleeding money. Tell me, give me, I want that information. So to cut myself off and to say, I'm not willing to even listen right now, it doesn't, it feels unhealthy. And that, like you said, it almost feels, feels scary to even, you know, to even give an inch because will people take a mile? Right. You know, it, it, it just doesn't feel safe, right. but we've got to start inching toward that. So how do we use these lessons of the political party debate as like, how does this help, um, parents, whether it be about parenting their kids or just going about their business. Like I want to see if we you want to meld it. Y- yeah. I, I, it's a great question. So it's a, this whole thing that I'm saying that I'm using politics or, you know, what's going on in the country. It, it's everything that we do in our homes too. So in parenting, we're often very black and white. We're, uh, we're, we're very, this is right. This is wrong. This is what adults do. This is what children do. This is what I can say. This is what you can't say. And that idea of being curious about where your kids are coming from Mm -hmm. and why they are asking for what they're asking for or why they're challenged in a certain area or why they're talking back to you. Like you have to be able to take a breath and instead of saying, instead of feeling the need to win and control and be right and be in charge, you have to be willing to say, I'm curious. I have a trick for the parents out there. And I actually used it this morning. I think one way to connect your kids, we're always trying to like connect with them in their regular ways. And we all know what, the, know what those regular ways are. One thing that I try to do every now and again, because, you know, you know, moms and dads give lectures, or at least that's typically what they do. And we try, when we try to do our lectures, we try to keep it under 10 seconds yeah. because after 10 seconds. And also say that it was a lecture. Yeah. And say then admit it like, yeah, lecture's <laughs> over. We do that a lot. Like yeah. whether it's about turning the lights off or whatever, it doesn't right. matter. But one thing that I think is underutilized in an attempt at trying to connect with our kids is let our kids teach us something. This morning, you came home with some Frappuccino thing from Starbucks for, for our JC, oldest yeah. daughter. Mm-hmm. And um, it was delicious, by the way. I know. I don't know what that was. That was it's like a crazy dessert. And I, I don't understand Starbucks. I don't understand all the language. I don't know what a mocha is. I don't know what Frappuccinos are. But I was curious. And JC all of a sudden like kind of knows some of this stuff. And she was teaching me like, mm-hmm. well, the, if you want it like this, because I don't like coffee. Mm-hmm. So I want like, I want something good, but I don't like coffee. So you want like cream drinks. I always feel like embarrassed walking up to Starbucks lady or guy and saying, give me the best non-coffee drink. Because then mm-hmm. they either say it's hot chocolate, but... Or tea. So she, she went about telling me about the differences between the talls and the... Grandes. The grandes and the ventis. And the ventis. And the mochas and the frappuccino and the cappuccino and the espresso. I learned something from my daughter. And I know for a fact that she loves teaching me stuff. Right. And whether it be about the way she plays the viola or whatever, let your kids, like, be curious about what it is that your kids are good at and ask them to teach you because... That is worth so much more than any lecture that we'll ever give to them. 
Well, yes, and I think that it. I like that you use Starbucks as the example because when people when we say let our kids teach us things, it doesn't have to be like math. No, or like it can be, but we're talking about let them have a say. Mm-hmm. You know, like not let them take control and not let them. You know, just you know, walk all over you. What do they think? Yeah. What are your opinions on this? And instead of saying no, your opinion shouldn't be that. It's oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Or tell me how you got there. Or or you know, tell me more about that. And and also like talk about like diffusing a situation. We were in the car today, and and this happens all the time because I always have to do this. But I heard one of my daughters talking about something, and I thought she said one thing because mm-hmm. I was in the front seat, and she was in the back seat, and I thought I heard her say something that was wrong. And I go, no, no, no. I totally pulled a mom thing. I was like, no, 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 that's not right. I even said. It the way it sounds right now. So how annoying, right? No, 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 that's not right. It was blah, blah, blah. And she goes, mom, that's what I said. Mm-hmm. You missed the first word I said. I said it that way. I didn't say that. And instead of fighting her and saying, no, I heard it a different way. No, you didn't. I said, oh my gosh, I was totally wrong. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear that part. And she's like, oh, okay. Diffused, yeah. gone. Yeah. I was wrong and not and I'm not shaming myself for it. I'm not beating myself up for it. That's what happens when you're communicating with people. Yeah. Sometimes you hear them wrong. Yeah. It's not a parenting kid thing. It's just you sometimes mishear. And when you mishear, you take responsibility for mishearing. Well, and I think that there's um, fears that parents have is I, I think we always feel like we need to have the right answers. Exactly. And God forbid our daughter, whether it's you know your three-year-old walking to school that teaches you about mindfulness because they're not walking to get somewhere. They're walking and looking at the leaves dropping on the ground. Like that's one way our kids teach us. Right. Or whether it's about JC teaching me about Starbucks language. Right. Like if I, cause I, I think that there is a resistance to be vulnerable with our kids. Like if we don't think if, if they don't think that we know it all, then we're not doing our job. Right. And I'm saying the opposite, make sure your kids know that you're as, Full of crap as everybody else is. Well, and and here's the gray piece again. Let's bring it back to the black and white gray. I think when people hear that, they're like, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna let my kid think I'm weak and I don't know anything." Don't take it all the way to to you know one side and then polarize and say you're either a, a completely controlling, all knowledgeable parent or you're a stupid, doesn't know anything parent. What you are is a human being. You're having a human relationship with another human being, right. regardless of the role you have in their life as their parent, you are having a relationship with them. That means that sometimes you are in charge of a situation and you set the rules and the boundaries and all those things that parents do. And then there's times when you're having a conversation with them and you mishear them and they say, no, you're wrong. And you say, you're right, I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was my, and, and that's gray. It's not either all controlling or all permissive. It's that place in the middle. And and I keep saying this, but I'm I'm saying this for a reason. It's a relationship, you guys. It's not a role. It's not someone that you need to show up and act like. You just need to be yourself as a parent. Mm-hmm. You need to parent your child as a human being. And what we're what we so often do is we show up as a parent, we forget our humanity. Yeah. We become, I am only this role, and you better respect me. Yeah. And anything I'm you a say, parent first and a human, human being, being second. second or fourth. Right. You know? And that, this is the gray I'm talking about, yeah. is you can be an empathetic, compassionate, connected parent. You can also be someone who sets rules and boundaries mm-hmm. and has expectations. 
those all can be together. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is that some people do get too lost and I'm constantly going to be compassionate and empathetic and I'm not going to set any boundaries and I'm going to let my child dictate everything. I think that can be out of whack too, mm-hmm. because your child does need some structure. Right. They can't make every decision for you know, everybody, but no human being should. No. That's not just a parent-child thing. Life is about learning how to live with other people. It's learning that, you know, uh, something that Todd and I talk to the girls a lot about, even with simple things like what restaurant are we going to eat at or what are we going to do tomorrow? We don't say this in 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 a cruel way, but we say things like it's not just about your experience. Mm -hmm. There are other people involved in this experience. So we understand why you feel this way, but can you understand why we can't go to that restaurant because this person has an allergy or this person, you know, doesn't like this. Like we have to learn how to work as a team. Right. In families, in communities, in government. In parenting. In parenting. You name it. I know. Um, do you have a lot more regarding Gray? Because I do want to get to our speakaboos thing. Um, spe- just two things, but you can do speakaboos and I'll go back so, to it. Um, so this is the second time we've talked about speakaboos, but they are one of our partners now. And it's a reading app. And it's a reading app for your children. Anywhere above the age of two, two to six is the ideal age. And it's all about having your child um, enjoy reading with an iPad or an iPhone, something like that. So um, this is what you need to do. Uh, search your iTunes or Google Play app stores and or head to speakaboost.com and start building your child's love for reading today. And as a special offer, you'll receive a seven or a 30-day free trial. So it's really no risk. So go to speakaboost.com or just do a search on your in your app store to uh, learn more about it. So thanks, Speakaboos. Yes, thank you, Speakaboos. Give it a give it a try, everybody. Um, so the last two things that um, you guys hear about these two things on the show all the time, but they really are the tools for living in the gray. Um, and those two things are, can you guess, Todd, what are the two tools to living in the gray? Uh, balance. Balance is, but that's conceptual. Right. Like you can't really do balance. I have no idea. Empathy Uh, and listening. Ooh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because living in the gray insists that you must at least consider other people's viewpoint. Right. You must consider, and that's what empathy is. Do you know how another person is feeling, how they would respond, why they would respond differently, why they may be afraid of this, but you're not, why they may be affected by this, but you're not. Empathy is being able to at least understand that not everybody sees the world the way you do and that it's okay. Right. And then listening is the curiosity piece. Are you willing to listen to something that may not match up with the way you put things together? You don't even have to integrate it. You may not agree with it, but are you willing to hold space and listen to it? And there are some people that are so irrational that it's too painful, Mm -hmm. right? There's some people I can't listen to. And not because I'm all shut down, but because they can be cruel or what's that? I love this word, vitriolic. Mm -hmm. You know, like it can, it it hurts my my spirit. Right. But they're majority of people. Those are very fringe. Those are the outliers, yeah. but those are the ones that we tend to focus on because they're on the TV screen. And, and they're the loudest. Yeah. You know, they're the ones who are tweeting something every three seconds. And so you're like, gosh, I feel inundated by you. Mm. But the truth is most of us lie in the gray. And most most of us are lie, meaning we are in the gray, not like lie, lie, yeah, but yeah. we are in the gray. And 
we are willing to listen and we do have valid points. And the more we listen, the more we recognize that we're all the same, we all want the same things, that we're all in this together, that there's a oneness that's beyond anything our brains can conceptualize, and that this is possible. Right. Uh, even with the craziness of these last couple of years, this is so possible. Right? A little bit of optimism, for goodness sakes. For, for reals. Like, I'm like trying, you know. Well, and that's the whole, like, you know, I, I make it a point to scrub my Facebook news feed and I, you know, you can do it where you can actually do it for Zen Parenting Radio. You can, there's a notifications box uh-huh. on there. And if you want to see anything we post that comes up first on your news feed, you go to the Zen Parenting Radio Facebook page and you'll see it first. I do that with a lot of... When pe- you say you'll see it first, that doesn't make sense. It'll be show up first on your newsfeed. So, but you have to do something to have that happen. You go, like if somebody, you know, we go to Zen Parenting Radio okay. Facebook page, notifications. Oh, it, there's a box that there's says notifications? There's a box that says notifications, okay. and you say, see in my newsfeed first. Got it, got it. So anything that we post will come up first. So if you like what we have to say on Facebook, that's a way to do it. But I hide, you know, certain negative people that I am friends with, mm-hmm. but then you can also track like, I love Tony Robbins. So he comes up first, Jeff Foster, you know, it's, mm-hmm. there's some heart centered messages. So that's what I'm seeing first. So I'm doing that, mm-hmm. seeing those guys first before I see anything else. Mm-hmm. And we have control over, we, we have the ability to filter everything. I don't have to watch, you know, even at the airport, you know, it's always on the CNN um, airport channel and it's, I think the news is not the news. It's the 10 worst stories of the day. I could put my headphones on and look down and, and not subscribe to watching, you know, the news if you don't want to. So I just think that that's uh, the reason that we get so beat down is because it's in our face all the time. But we have the ability to change what feeds our brains. It, we sure do. And I think that if we are willing to be less sure, you know, like everybody's so sure they're right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's such certainty and, yeah. you know, I'm right. And be a little less sure. And that doesn't mean be not confident. You can be confident in yourself and be like, well, this is what I believe, right. but I'm always open to listen. Right. Because everything's changing constantly. Right. So there's no way to be sure about something 100% of the time, all the time. You can be sure about the fact that love is important and that, you know, there are things that are staple. Yeah. You know? decency and civility and those things. But there are, there's other issues that we can be a lot less sure and a lot more curious. And we can be a lot less sure and a lot more curious about ourselves, about other people, about the world, about what's possible. Well, because if you're so sure, you have no room for anybody else's opinion. Of course. You're stuck. Yeah. You're literally stuck. You're like going to, you know, get moldy or something. You're going to be a moldy oldie. Moldy oldie. And, you know, I... Because you want to move on, I want to read something that I saw um, uh, Anne Lamott. I got to see Anne Lamott at Emerging Women. I don't know if I've told everybody who listens to this show, but she was the opening keynote speaker. And for those of you who don't know Anne Lamott, she's a writer. Um, She's written a lot of books that are very meaningful to me. And she's kind of quirky and cool. And um, she always has a wonderful way with words. But today she was talking uh, uh, on her post a little bit about love and fear. And um, she said... Um, she read this uh, part of this poem from a woman named Susan Stotter. And the poem reads, In the midst of the chaos, when the wind is howling, I hear the ancient song of the ones who went before and know that peace will come. Mm-hmm. You nice. know, 
that if you look back on history or you think about the people who have done all this work to get us here, it, things are possible. You know, things do change. Things do evolve. People do grow up. People, the possibilities are endless and peace comes with that awareness. And, you know, this is, I, I can't, I wrote this word down. And I don't know if I got it from Anne Lamott or I wrote it down from that because I thought of it. But this whole thing is a working of a love muscle. Yeah. Can you work your love muscle a little harder? Sounds a little weird. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even think about that. Um, It must have been my words then because I don't think anyone else would have written that. (laughs) So here's the thing. I didn't mean it that way. Can you call it a spiritual muscle? (sighs) But it's not the same thing. How about a love... I don't know, a spiritual muscle, I guess. But the word love is so much more powerful. Mm -hmm. Can you work your love capability? That's a little better. But I like the imagery of, um, not that imagery, but the, you know, like you're like flexing a muscle and you're like, you're practicing it. You're, You're using it, you know? You're like, instead of talking about how people need to love each other, you're actually doing it mm-hmm. out there in the world. You're still smiling at me. Does it still sound really bad? Uh, um, I think we've lost. I think. I think the we, metaphor got yeah, lost. I think okay. Got lost okay. Then bit. I'll I'll end on that poem. Pretend <laughs> that other part didn't come in. Yes. Um, and we're not going to edit it. We I love not editing stuff. Sure. No, you don't need to edit it. Um, our other partner is uh, Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life Chiropractic yes. Care here in Elmhurst, Illinois. She's got one of those women wine and wellness evenings on November 10th. So this is going up on the 8th, Tuesday, November 8th, 2016. So November 10th, she has an evening dedicated to celebration of women, for goodness sakes. And maybe there will be a woman president at that time. There could be. Who knows? There very um, much could be. Invite, she, they, uh, Dr. Kelly invites us to enjoy a special night of indulgence and healing. Connect, unwind, shop, and focus on your health and well-being. So go to chirotree.com for more details. So anyways. Um, so my – oh, the other thing I wanted to do is um, – one thing that you could do, listener, to support us, um, obviously, is to listen to the podcast and share it and all that good stuff. But uh, we also have something on our um, registration page called Be a Zen Friend. Mm-hmm. And we are creating a scholarship fund to help moms and dads who can't afford to go to the conference. So we do have two Zen friends for this Yay. week. Um, we have good old Bill Dwight from famzoo.com. Hey, that's cool, Bill. Thank and you. And Terry Bernard. They both, um, they're not coming to the conference. I don't think Terry is. Um, or maybe she did when she registered. I don't know. But I know Bill is not coming, but he supports us um, through um, being a Zen friend. So you go to our registration page at zengetsreal.com, and there's a box there where if you want to support uh, the scholarship fund for the conference, you can go there, and we'll acknowledge you on the podcast. So And you're going to get your name in the conference program. And so you people get your will name know in the conference program. you were program. part of the scholarship program. Thank you. And the other promotional thing I wanted to talk... Oh, regarding FAMZU, real quick, uh, he I get emails from him all the time, and he's really good. And... Um, one thing that he sent to me, um, to his subscribers, is that he never wants to see his teens, he has teenagers, mm-hmm. uh, drinking after dri- uh, driving after drinking. Correct. Right? And he never wants his teens getting a ride from someone who's been drinking. Correct. And he never wants money or guilt to get in the way of those two decisions. That's why I tell my teens, Uber is always on me. No questions asked. We talked about this last night. I shared this with everybody we were with, and everyone was so excited. Yeah. Basically, what you can do, you guys know, you guys all have your own Uber app, I'm sure, 
get it on your kid's phone. It's your credit card. Yeah. And have, and again, there has to be a trust where your kids, meaning well, there's it's all be, tracked anyway. It's all tracked. So, so it doesn't matter. But it, it's a really easy way because I've made plenty of bad decisions in my life. I, I was never much of a drinker driver guy, but I certainly got into cars with friends who were intoxicated. And so it's like a way of, obviously they can always call you, but if they're not willing to make that call, they can get an Uber and they're going to know it's paid for. It's not like a cab where you have to have the cash and they can get home safely. We actually took an Uber instead of driving. We made that decision. Yeah, That's right. Mm -hmm. So anyways, but uh, that's FAMZU. So go to FAMZU.com to help support our friend Bill. So, So the other thing I wanted to chat about was a week ago, or no, last Monday, I just got, I was in town for my, I was out of town for four days for my uh, Mankind Project uh, retreat. And I got back on Sunday and you found out that your family had some health issues. So Mm -hmm. you were kind of beat down and spent emotionally and everything else. Mm -hmm. You just had a lot of things going on. Yeah, a lot at once. A lot at once, which happens to all of us. But Mm -hmm. your day happened to be last Sunday and Monday. Mm -hmm. And in the past, I've always tried to problem solve. I've always tried to make you feel better Mm -hmm. because when you get uncomfortable, I when when you're uncomfortable, it bothers me. Mm -hmm. So I want to I want to get rid of my own discomfort. So the way I usually have tried to do that is to make you happy. Mm -hmm. And last Monday, you were not in a place where you could have been happy. Like I even. You're like, you're like, I don't even know what to do. I don't know if I should get on my computer. I don't know if I should go see my parents. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I should do. And I kind of pulled you on to the love seat and we just sat there mm-hmm. and we didn't talk. We didn't say much of anything. Mm-mm. We sat there for like 20 minutes mm-hmm. of just quiet. And you just, I think I feel like I was a vehicle to you get, because you were spinning. Right. Well, here here's the problem. So when... The, when Todd goes out of town, like I have to be as many moms, either single moms or moms who have, um, you know, husbands who travel know you have to be on and you've got to keep going. So there's no like sense of like, oh, I think now I'll shut down. You're just going, going, going. And then there was some some small things that happened throughout the weekend, busyness of my kids. And then I had some more major crises or things that were scary and a little bit out of control. And then you add all that and I become almost robotic where yeah. I just have to keep going and I have to keep going and there is no time to soften up. Yeah. Like I have to keep going. And then then Todd comes home and I'm in that mode, I'm I'm like almost have like a protective shield on me where he like wants, and when I'm saying this, I'm not saying you did anything wrong, Todd, but you're kind of like, hi, and let me give you a hug. And I'm like, oh my God, no, 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 no. Yeah, like, don't touch me yet. You, you didn't ask me about my weekend. No, and I said, I can't. You said, right. I you, said, I have no space for the experience you had. Right. Every space that I have is taken up right now. Mm-hmm. We will talk about it, right. but I can't do it right now. Um, and for very good reason, right. you know, things were too full. And so it's going to take a while for that kind of robotic. It, and when I'm saying robotic, I'm not being passive aggressive. I am keeping my stuff crap together. together. Yeah. Because if I let this ball drop, everything is. So it, I have to, it takes time to soften back up where I can like express and talk. Cause right now I'm, like you said, that's why I was spinning. Yeah. And then I just needed to like slowly calm down, but I didn't want to, the thing you don't want to feel, you don't want pity and you don't want sympathy. It's a tricky place to be as a husband. And and my, like, I, I, 
think of like levels of relationship. And my level one, which is like the selfish level, is like, hey, I had a big weekend. I want to come home and talk to you about it. And we've been home together 24 hours and you have not given me space to share my weekend. So that's like kind of the first level. But it's not about that. It's about me meeting your needs. So level two would be... Not just meeting my needs, but understanding that from one human being to another, I don't have even that much room. And what I did was I put my own needs aside. Right. And I knew that you were struggling. Right. So I, so then level two would be like, well, then let me just fix you. Like this is my second old pattern that I would have done. Like first pattern be like, hey, I want to tell you about my weekend. It's my time, right. Yeah, it's my time. Level two would be, um, well, let me fix this for you. Let me problem solve this for you. Let me fix you so then you can hear me. Right, exactly. So there's like a, there's a selfish component to it. So, and then level three, I just wrote this down. I needed to create space for nothing. Right. And that's all I did. Like, I think a lot of husbands be like, so what'd you do, Todd? And mm-hmm. we I, we literally sat there for 20 minutes, maybe it was a half hour. We talked a little bit. It's not like we were mute, but you just needed somebody to ground you a little bit mm-hmm. or give you space to just be. And I don't know, I, you know, a lot of times I make fun of myself on this podcast, but I was very proud of myself because the only thing I could have done was exactly what I did, which is create space for you to just be. Right. It was wonderful. I appreciate it very much. And it's not about, you know, it's not about, oh, aren't I a great husband? But this is tricky relationship stuff. Mm -hmm. And you need to um, be able to figure your partner out. We've been married 14 years and I'm still figuring this out. But And you never will figure it out. Right. Because you're trying to figure it out like I'm an equation. And what we are are human beings and every day brings something different. If you would have come home on Sunday at 10 Mm a.m., that wouldn't have happened. Right. It's because it was the weekend plus everything that happened on Sunday and you didn't get home till six or seven at night. Right. So it wasn't about that. We try and be so clinical or... um, like this medical model of you are like this and therefore this is this and so I should do this as if there's like some kind of prescription. Mm-hmm. We're human beings and we have to show up where people are at the time and know that every time we're with someone we care about or love that there's different things going on. Yeah. And so you have – this is the curiosity piece yeah. rather than the prescriptive here's how – you know, that's why books are so dumb. Right. You know, when they're like, oh, men are like this, women are like this. There's some – truthiness to the um to the generalities yeah. i'm not using i said truthiness but that's like a stephen colbert word what i mean is there's some truth yeah. to the generalities but that's just like a outline right it's everything that's inside what's going on with me right that moment instead of i got to figure kathy out for next time yeah and 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 it's not just about me it's the same with you You know, like, why are you having a certain reaction or why are you spinning or why or, or if I'll take it off you, our kids, this is relationships. Where is anybody at any given time? Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, I think the shift to level three is there's nothing to figure out. There's only a place to be at any given time. Well, and there's times in any relationship where you have to give more than you're getting. Correct. And you do that and I do that. And hopefully if we both do that enough, then we're both in the positive emotional bank accounts. And I know I kind of mathematize everything Mm -hmm. and think of it as as an asset liability spreadsheet, which I know is not the way you, but that's the way I'm hardwired. And I know you see it that way. Yeah. And that can be okay because I understand exactly what you're saying and in no way do I feel offended by that or, or whatever. But 
we can understand that kind of again as an outline, but then back away from that. And it's not about, well, you gave me this, so I'll give you that. That's right. a level two way of thinking. Right. Um, and again, Todd's using, he's talking about these levels that he learned from Tony Robbins that level one is a very, I need Selfish. my, you know, I need my needs met. Level two is transactional. transactional. Level three is, how would you describe it? Is relational. Well, selflessness. Selflessness, you know, yeah. Giving more than you receive. Yes. But knowing that that has its benefits for you, yeah. Even though that's not maybe your it's intention, the bi- it's the byproduct. It's the byproduct, yeah. right? So anyway, um, so yes, that was wonderful, and and then that's the thing is that things change and things then things get better and then life dips again and mm. then that's that's being fluid. Yeah. I, I wrote something today about that's really the challenge of all of our lives is that we think we're creating and controlling and then something doesn't go the way we think it should, and then we think the whole world has fallen apart, when really all we have to do is shift our thinking. Again, as A Course in Miracles says, the definition of a miracle is just a change in the way that we look at it. It's Mm. a change in our thinking. That's when a miracle occurs, because then we can see it completely differently. Um, So that's what you were able to do, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, iTunes reviews. We got a bunch. Some, you know, I was reading them this morning because Todd sent them to me, and some of them you read last week. You know that, right? Uh, yeah. So I'm going to start at the top. I'm just going to read what they titled it. Okay. That's it. So Ross99 said, good to keep you grounded, five stars. Okay. Ron Reezy, five stars, said, you guys make me feel outstanding. Nice. Um, and then I don't know if I've read this one, ASHS. D-O-T-B. It says, love the pod, five stars. So, yeah, I remember you did that. Okay, time. so that's where we kind of left off. So anyways, got some wonderful review, reviews. If you guys find it in your heart to help us out by giving us an iTunes review, it really helps us out. And we love reading these things. You know, It just kind of fills our emotional tank up as far as us doing the show. And more important, I think you know every time we read a review, obviously we appreciate it and we take it in and all that good stuff. But it also makes me happy because that helps other people find us. Right. Um, because it's so much easier for Todd and I, like, because I don't like the kind of marketing where we tell everybody how great we are and how we compete with, a, you know, it just sounds so bad. We can just send people to our iTunes reviews. Yeah. We can just say, instead of us like putting, plastering this stuff all over our website, just read our iTunes reviews because you guys do that hard work for us. So thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, so I was going to do a listener's question, but it's kind of long, okay. and we've run kind of long. But okay. I, I did want to uh, – there's a few other iTunes reviews from uh, some Canadian folks, but I can't pull them up right now. But okay. we love those folks in Canada. Yeah, so the international iTunes reviews end up somewhere else. Yes, because um, they have their own – They have their own – Their own deal. iTunes, yeah. Crazy so how that you. works. Will you do me a favor? Sure. Are you closing the show? Um if you want me to. No, I'm I'm in no hurry, but okay. I just wanted to hear um, Gray Street again, and I wanted you to play it from the beginning so I could hear the good verse. Um, Sure, I can do that. Can I tell you something about Gray Street? Sure, go ahead. That song was popular when I was pregnant with JC 14 years ago, and I remember driving to and from our house in Chicago to Children's Memorial because I was working there. And that was on, I was still listening to DVDs in our little car. And that was the first song on our CDs, DVD. CDs, you mean? Or CDs, sorry. <laughs> Such a mom brain. Um, yes, CDs. And that was the first song. And it just reminds me so much of that time, which is why I want to hear it. And it was also on our birth CD. Mm. Isn't that crazy? It's kind of a fast song for a birth CD. Do you remember what else we did on the way home from the hospital, sweetie? 
Yes, I do. What do we do? We had to stop and pick up something from your apartment buildings. Yeah, we had to pick up some rent money. Which I thought whenever prob- I bring my first my my first <laughs> child home, I like to take an extra half hour as if you had nothing better to do than to sit in the car while I go collect some rent money. Not only that, but this this building where we had to go, there was just potholes everywhere. And ladies, you were a little tender. You think? And you and I was like, "Do we really have to go here?" And you were very committed because you're like, "We can't just go by." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, we actually could." Yeah. But it it really didn't create a fight. It created more of a humorous. Here we are talking about it right um, now. Where Todd just wanted to to cross some things off his list on the way home from having a child. <laughs> I love checking things off my list. Um, and then uh, two other things, uh, January 20th through the 22nd, the Tribe Men's Adventure Retreat, yep. tribemensgroup.com. And then uh, I have some openings in my uh, Coaching for Guys practice. So go to toddadamscoaching.com if you want to learn more about my one-on-one coaching. And you know, I've, I can't believe we haven't brought this up more on the show. We are doing another community screening. Oh, yeah. And our community screening is January 18th. Is that a correct? Sounds right. It's a Wednesday. I will confirm it in a second. Um, we are screening the Newtown documentary. And because of the content and because Todd and I just really wanted to bring it to the people, um, we partnered with the Elmhurst Public Library. So it's going to be a free screening. Yeah. So usually we have it at York Theater and people pay for their tickets. It's going to be at the Elmhurst Public Library. They have an amazing screening room. Now, here's the key. We only have room for about 80 to 100 people because their screening room is not a real theater. It's, right. They kind of make it into a theater. So we've already sold half the tickets. Yep. That's probably part of the reason we haven't talked about on the show because tickets are going fast. If you would like to see the Newtown documentary with us, go to zenparentingradio.com and click on events and you'll see where you can get tickets. Again, they're free. For those of you who are like, why would I want to see a documentary about Newtown? It's not about what happened that day at that school. It's about how the community handled what happened to their community, Mm. how they grieved together, how they found light in the darkness, and how they used this to create change. So I, I find that very inspiring. Absolutely. I mean, if you can find light in that darkness, then we all, there's hope for all of us. Um, so yeah, check that out. And then the other thing is we have a Friday show this Friday, uh, Alexa James. Oh, it's going to be such a good show. And uh, Alexa is the executive director uh-huh. of NAMI. Of NAMI Chicago. Which is the National Alliance, Alliance for Mental Illness. Mental Illness. And I wanted to queue up a specific part, but I didn't. So I'm just going to play a random part. Okay. All right. Uh, stigma is you stay away from something you are um, afraid of. And so people stay away from mental health issues. They stay away from families that experience it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really social discrimination when it comes down to it, right? Because yeah. folks mm-hmm. are dying. They're not being rented to. They're not being treated. Um, individuals with serious mental illness die a sig- significantly younger ages than other people because their doctors don't take them seriously. So we had a really um, awesome Alexa is just awesome. Yeah. Come on. She's just one of those great people that you just love being with. And she's so smart and she is so committed and motivated. She is a, a young woman who has... Um, a small child and is pregnant yeah. with another child, and she is working her tail off for NAMI Chicago. Doing great things. And I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people in the city, really respect her and honor her work, and I think you will love this interview with her. Yeah, so that's all I get. And then you want me to play uh, Gray Street. Is that the deal? Will you end on that sure. so we can remember 14 years ago, me driving to work to be with the kids, eight months pregnant. Um, so we'll let this uh, song close us out. Thank you, everybody, for all your support. We love you, and we'll chat with you next time. Have a great week.
she listens She says nothing of what she thinks She just goes stumbling through her memories Staring out onto Grey Street And she thinks, hey How did I come to this? I've dreamed myself a thousand times around the world But I can't get out of this place There's an emptiness inside her And she'd do anything to fill it in But all the colors mixed together Thanks for listening. We appreciate it, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. This helps people find us. You can also just tell a friend about our show. That's our favorite kind of marketing. Todd and I do speaking engagements about Zen Parenting and self-awareness, so if you have an interested group or organization, contact us at comments at zenparentingradio.com. And get your early bird tickets for our big Let's Get Real Zen Parenting Conference February 24th and 25th at the Westin in Lombard. Todd and I will be speaking Friday night, and we have Rob Bell, Rosalind Wiseman, and Ali Smith as our keynotes on Saturday. If you want to know more about self-awareness or conscious parenting, pick up one of Kathy's award-winning books at zenparentingradio.com or Amazon. If you're a guy, I have two resources for you. I coach guys. It's called Coaching for Guys. (laughs) On the phone, Skype, or in person, we set goals together and come up with a plan to meet those goals. The website is toddadamscoaching.com. And we also have a monthly men's group. So if you're looking for a group of men to have authentic conversations with, check out thetribemensgroup.com. If you ever shop on Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. If you want an amazing vehicle to teach your kids about money management, go to the lower right-hand side of our homepage and click on the FamZoo logo and enter Zen Finance as a promo code. I want to give a special thanks to our three partners, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, John J. Kelly Dentistry, and Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thanks for your love and support. Keep on trucking.